New Testament hope can really better be defined for us as expectation, but expectation of childbirth. It really, like if you really look at what hope means in the Greek language, it has a stronger connotation of expecting like a pregnant mother is expecting. It's not, I think many times we, hope has become in our culture, hope has become, you know, well, I, I hope I win the lottery, right? Or I hope I lose 20 pounds, or I hope, right, I get that promotion at work, I hope, yes? It's kind of like saying I wish it would happen, it, we really don't believe it will. Exactly right. It's, it's, it's a wish, but it's, a, it's not a confident wish. But hope is a confident expectation based on reality that is present, not even reality that is going to be. Does that make sense? And, and guys, that's very important when we talk about believing God because Hebrews eleven six. Now faith, and again, we've been doing it for weeks now. Somebody tell me, what is faith? So faith is our positive response to what God has already done. So now our positive response to what has already been done, right, is the foundation of our hope, right? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And that word substance, it, it's again, a better word is the word foundation, like a foundation of a house or a root system on a tree, your positive response is what you actually are building hope on. And hope builds the foundation. They, they're, they're synergistic with each other. Y'all you know, looking at me like a cow to Newgate. This okay? Am I saying this okay? Does that make sense? And so we respond to what is hope. And hope fuels our response. Well, it's it's like that again. To add to that analogy, I would I would agree with that. It's like uh, you've all heard this before, right? It's you start with the end in mind. Yes. Does that make y'all already heard that's a, a fairly it's a life axiom? You know, that's life coaching. Welcome to church. You're getting life coaching and, and stuff. But you know, is you you know they kind of talk about you know you want to accomplish something. And so you envision, you imagine, this is what I want to accomplish. And then you come back to today with that imagination of what you want to happen. And from today, you begin to build towards the end. Starting with the word. Well, it starts with the word. The word is always the, okay, so the, yes. So, okay, Lord, let's go this way. So, it, it is, um, I'm trying to Desire, I'm, I'm trying to think of because um, there, there's there's imagery rolling around in my head and I'm just trying to grab it with words. Um, so so you have to understand that the word of God is we hold it as a book, but you know that the Bible's not a book only. The Bible is a person. And, and, and part of the problem I think that happens to us in church world is that this is, 
that we just associate this as a book like any other book, right? We sit like a, a textbook, a science book, a history book, a math book, and or our favorite history novel, or so, and, and we can, and yes, it, it, it has been written in book form, but it's alive. But it's a, it's alive because it's a person. Does that make sense? Jesus, and again, well, in John chapter one, this is the Christmas season, right? And so this will all kind of play in. So in the beginning, let's go to John chapter one. Thank y'all for starting something today. I always <laughs> prefer it when that happens. It, it makes it a little bit more real. Somebody do help me keep eye on time because we kind of shortened what we're doing service-wise this morning uh, because Santa is on his way. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. 25-ish to give us time. Five. Yeah. Oh, you leaving? You're going to have to listen to the recording. Gotcha. 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 Understood. Thank you for, hey, and let's just give Alicia and them a hand. They have done, they set all this up. Thank y'all so very much for. We will. That's awesome. So let's just make sure we hug hug their necks. They really made our place look great, uh, and we'll keep this up now through Christmas all the way through. So we'll have Santa come and do pictures, but you can also anytime you can come do pictures and uh, over the next couple of weekends and do that uh, again. Just a way of announcement. Next weekend, I'm super excited. Our friends uh, Tim and Carolyn Clark who are missionaries in the nation of Jordan. Uh, and you're going to meet them. These are lifelong friends of Selena and I. They, we have known each other since 96, 1996. and went to Bible school together, and they've supported us on missionary journeys, and we've supported them on missionary journeys. And uh, especially for you, Miss Lynette, you'll love uh, Miss Carolyn. So just really come. Carolyn's going to minister. She really operates in a very much apostolic um, spirit-led position, so it's very, very cool. So we're excited to have them come. Uh, as we said, purpose in your heart, we will receive an offering for their ministry in Jordan. I ask them to share with us what they're doing. They may have to go a little covert uh, because they're in some places where they, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, but be ready to support them uh, and stuff with a gift and offering, and we'll collect that up next week. So anyway, just there, there's our plug. So anyway, John chapter one in the gospel. Again, and this is Christmas time, right? So in the proverbially, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? But it says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. Everybody see that. Now, who, who is that? Jesus. How do you know it's Jesus? Well, the Bible does say so, but, but, you, but if you look, if you look at that, word there, it's, it's capitalized. The translator helped us. So this wasn't just something in the beginning was the word. And the actual word there is verbum, which is verb, yeah. word in action. That's exactly right. And that's what I was fitting to get there. Selena's ahead of me doing a great job. But it actually, I had to say that the word, word, the word, word there in the Greek language is literally would be better translated is verb. So in the beginning was the verb, which is a word in action. So listen, it's where we got the name of our church in Canada because we were called Word in Action. That was the name of the church that we pastored in Canada and that Selena grew up in in Guatemala, Palabra en Acción. But listen to me, it's important that you understand that because it's not the word noun. Right. Because Jesus is never inactive. 
In the beginning was God's word, was the verb, because the verb has always been inactive. It's been in action constantly from the beginning. Does that make sense? So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. There's again a personification, so we know it's a person. And the word was God, another personification. So this is not talking about written words on a page. This is talking about the living word who is a person. So when we talk about what we're saying, you have to understand that your Bible, you, may, you hold a written copy in your hand, but you're not engaging with the book. You're engaging with a person, right? And if we read the Bible as a book alone, it will be shallow for us. Does that make sense? That's why, it, that's why again, you've probably heard this, and I've, I've said this for years, and we'll probably need to say it some more. But I love this. Was John Osteen said this. You know, you can open it. You can say, and everybody say this out loud. Say, this is my Bible. This is, this is God speaking to me. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. And I can be what it says I can be. But listen to what we're saying. Why? Because he's talking to you here. So listen, have you ever heard somebody say, oh, I just, I just need, I need a word from the Lord. Anybody ever? Yeah. Maybe you've been like that and you've been like me. And Lord, if you just send the prophet to me, I just need to hear a word. Lord, I need to, need to hear a word from you. Open your Bible. And this is literally, now listen to me, and, and I want you to change your way you engage. When you open your Bible, God is talking to you. It's, 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 it's actually more powerful than if I stood up here and said, Miss Teresa, I feel like God is saying this. It's way more powerful. Right? See, the Word of God is living, it's alive. It's a person. So that's why when we talk about faith and hope, and that, help me, this is the, you're going to the person who is the foundation of faith and hope. But our engagement is faith and hope. That's why, again, how does faith come? By hearing him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But we can say it like this. Faith comes by the verb and hearing the verb. Hearing him. Hearing him speak. Hearing him talk to you from this book brings the positive response. Because again, what is faith? Faith is simply our positive response to what Jesus has already done. So see, our positive response comes from him, from the word. But so does hope. Hope comes from him and the pictures. That's why the scriptures are descriptive more than they are prescriptive. Now, again, most of us are good word of faith people, and I still am. Praise God. And we've all heard good uh, messages about the Bible is the medicine of God. Have y'all heard anybody? Brother Hagin had great teachings on it's the medicine of God. And sometimes, though, what happens is 
is we treat it like medicine in this way. Well, I took two verses <laughs> and, and nothing changed. Does that make sense? I, I took my two verses this morning and my head still hurts. I took my two verses and my money's still the same way it was. I took my two verses. Well, you said it was medicine, Brad. You said I could treat it like medicine and I took my verses this morning. But listen to me. That's why the Bible, it's more than being prescriptive. It's descriptive. It's describing who you are. Not who you're going to be one day. Not who you'll be in the sweet by and by when he returns. He's actually saying this is who you are now. That's why Paul uses the analogy that the word of God is a mirror. Mm -hmm. It's not a photograph Mm -hmm. or a painting. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between a mirror and a picture? Well, one is still and one is not. One is reflecting, right? Which one reflects? This is simple. I'm not trying. This is the mirror. I'm not. I'm just trying to be real, real simple, right? Right. So a mirror reflects. Well, what does the mirror reflect? What you're going to be? No, what you already are. What you are. What you actually are. And what's going on with you right now? Well, and it can show you what's going on with you right now. But I want you to more to the bit when you read scriptures that say you are righteousness. That's the mirror. Mirror, mirror, in my hand. Not on the wall, right? I mean, I guess unless you... <laughs> it's it's re- the reflection, this is who you actually are. That's why I think it was either Paul or James that said, that's why when we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, we then are transformed into that very image in which we see. But many people, they says, looks into the mirror and they go, man, it, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. And then we go this way. Man, I stink. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just a terrible person. I just, uh, why would anybody love me? Why would anybody, why am I? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's what James said. Well, you're just, you're a forgetful hearer. Forgetful of what? Of who you actually are. And that's why the instruction is night and day here, night and day. That's why, I mean, again, I, I guess we'll pick up you know, in, the, in our two home groups, you know, we, third, Tuesday night and Thursday night here, God has been talking to us about this, right? What do we do in uncertain times? Man, I, I keep my nose in the mirror. What do I do when, when, when all kinds of things, voices, and I, I keep my nose in the mirror, I don't take my eyes off the mirror, right? When I feel doubt about myself, when I feel doubt about my circumstances, when I wonder what's going on, that should be instantly, we should know, oh, 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 back to the mirror. Yeah. And, why, and I'm just going to lock my eyes on what this says about me. I'm going to lock my attention right here because Joshua gave us that key in the first chapter of his book in the Old Testament. If you will meditate, which means imagine and envision what the word is saying, and you'll stay there day and night. Amen. Amen. This is then you will make your way prosperous. Mm-hmm. Then you will have good success. 
So see, you and I, we are in charge of our success and our prosperity. We are. How do we obtain prosperity and success? I keep my nose in the mirror. And what I see, I begin to do. Whether I feel like it or not, whether I think, it doesn't matter. Does that make sense? Yes. Don't shout me down because we're preaching real good. Yeah, I saw a hand in the back. Yeah. Kind of goes along with our conversation for learning's sake. You know, I think that this is a uh, an area that the war, the confusion, an area maybe of, of even deception of the world is that I have noticed and seen a lot of people associate things that they like, things that they do, things that they enjoy as being who they are. Yes, and that's wrong. That's exactly right. The word shows us who we are. Yes, you know, I like this type of music, but that's not who I am. That's right. I like this type of movie, but that's not who I am. Who I am is what the Word says. That's right. And see, of course, the enemy in the world twists it to, well, I like this style, or I like that, and everything, so that's that's who I am. Yeah. No, that's wrong. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, and and, and, well, let's talk about it like this. You understand that your personality is not who you are. Come on, are you with me? Mm-hmm. Your personality is just your personality. Mm-hmm. It may be a predisposition of you, mm-hmm. but it's not you. I like to say it like this. Your personality is just your favorite tool in the toolbox. Yes. <coughs> but, it, but it's not. It's not see, the, the, okay, so and this is part of the problem that we're facing in our world as a whole. We are soul focused and not spirit focused. We are soul ruled, not spirit ruled. Does that make sense? And the soul does this. Soul travels, soul, your soul is your own six flags. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Your soul, my soul, your soul, our soul is our personal six flags. Yay. What? Ah! I mean, you know, it is, you know, and, you know, and we travel up and down and, and, and do the rides and throw up. And I mean, yeah, I mean, do you understand? That's your soul because your soul, your soul can be yanked around. Right? Your, your spirit is the real you. And, and, and the spirit, again, like I've told y'all for years, if I could pick a superpower with Marvel movies and all this being, my superpower would have an ability as I could touch you and I could pop your spirit out of your body and I could let you see how much like Jesus you actually look like. Yeah. Even just for a moment and then pop you back together. Does, yeah. does that make sense? Because at a spirit level, you and I share the seed of Christ. Mm-hmm. Remember, that's what Jesus said. And I know and you have to go look these up. I'm, I'm just going to go with the Holy Ghost. Is that all right? Yeah. Jesus said that he had to be the first seed of many like him, of many brethren. Amen. Right? That's why he, the seed, capital S of Abraham, he, the seed, had to be buried in the ground mm-hmm. by death. So that by the Spirit, he could resurrect from the dead, just like a tomato plant, a corn plant, a watermelon plant, whatever you planted this last year in your garden. You took a seed, and I normally use corn because it's the easiest, right? But, it, you know, we've all planted, anybody ever planted corn? Y'all know what corn looks like, though? Mm-hmm. Everybody seen a corn? Anybody, everybody seen a corn? Just, yes. 
play with me, okay? Is everybody seen a corn kernel, right? Everybody seen. So if you take that corn kernel and put it in the ground, what happens? It dies, and it grows up, and then it puts stalk, and then it makes the ear, and then you pick the ear, and then you shuck the ear, and when you look inside, what does it look like? Like a bunch more of what you poked in the ground. That is what God, through Paul, was trying to explain to us. That Jesus was the seed of heaven. He was buried and died through the burial, right? He was resurrected from the dead, as seeds are came back to life and now bears many like him, right. which is you. Amen. Just like him. Just like, so, so if you took Jesus, like the corn seed, and you took you and you looked at him, you'd go, yep, same thing. Say, that's why the early church through the book of Acts, it says, oh, at Antioch, they were first called Christians, our little Christ's. Yes. That's how we got the term Christian is because the, the, the believers of Antioch walked around living like Jesus and they said, it's just a whole bunch of little Christ running around here. Amen. They're just Christians, Christians. They're just little Jesuses. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. See, that's you. Church, that, that's, that's why Jesus came. Does that make sense? Yes. See, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Yeah. Yeah, right. He came to make dead people just like him. Yes. He came to take those that were dead and transform them into his image. Yes. So that he would reproduce himself of himself. Does that make sense? Yes. That's why it must be. But see, now you understand faith and hope. Because hope is the image of who you actually are. God's hope. We talk about, oh, I just need, I need some hope. I just need some hope. Everybody, don't be shocked when God says, okay, little punky boo-boo head, I'm going to give you some hope. And then he shows you himself. And says, that's you. Amen. And then we go, well, that's just prideful. <laughs> that's just arrogant. That's just, no, that's just hope. He, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. he has no greater image to show you. Amen. He has no higher imagination to give us besides that of himself, because from the very beginning, he cut us from his image. Amen. Right. He made us from his kind of creation. Yes. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. The word is a person and we're knowing him. The picture I keep getting is like, yes, we go, we go to him to find our stuff, but 
one of my favorite movies, if you're going to watch movies, which you know I don't do a lot, is like the movies where you have the couple and they're like, here's where our house is going to be, and this is where the room's going to be, yeah. and they're dreaming together, and they're working together, and they're building it together. That's right. And that's literally what he's trying to do with the word in our life is we're building our house together. Yeah. And here's where this is going to be, and this is how awesome. That's really good. That's yeah, very good. Like so beautiful and romantic and intimate and like, not in a weird way, but like in a I'm with you way. That's right. Mm-hmm. And faith and hope to me. Absolutely. And, and how I would, and my part of that, Dad, I love that imagery as well, is it's, also, it's like discovery. Because mm-hmm. it's not a, you're not building something that isn't present. Mm-hmm. You're, you're uncovering what is already there. That's why the, the language, again, the descriptive language of the word is that if you have a treasure hidden in you in an earthen vessel, what is that treasure? Well, Paul defines it. He says in Colossians chapter 1, he says, this mystery, this treasure that was hidden from ages past has now been revealed to us as saints. What is that mystery? What is that treasure? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Does that make sense? So I love that. I love that same injury. He's in what he, because what he's doing is he's trying to, he's, again, another, he's peeling our onion. Mm-hmm. Remember, ogres have layers, right? Like Shrek said. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> you know, it, it, he's, he's peeling our onion, right? He's, he's, he's sloughing things off and he's husking out and he's saying, hey, listen, whatever you picked up along the way, Whatever was done by you or done to you is an old husk. You just need to shuck it off. Yes. Yes. Amen. Well, you just shuck it off. Yes. That's why the writer of Hebrews, again, in Hebrews chapter 12, he says, hey, listen, if we have a weight or a sin that so easily besets us, right? And I love that language. The writer says, hey, listen, every believer has a weight and or a sin that just easily gets them. Every believer has something that got picked up in the journey, right? It's kind of like maybe a bad enough. Y'all seen those? I know this sounds for, I know Miss Eloise will be with me because her, her and I have the same affection towards cats. Is, uh, but if you're a cat-loving person, I am sorry for what I'm about to say. But is, um, <laughs> is Courtney's got her fingers in her ears. But have y'all ever seen those wonderfully funny tormenting videos about cats, right? Where you put the tape on their little paw, and they're over there doing this, and they're trying to shake off the tape, and then they put it on with the other paw, and now it's over to that. Those are great videos. And then somebody up, this is the one, somebody up the game and put something on all four feet of the cat, and the cat was just like, it was just frozen. It just couldn't, because I got something stuck on every foot. I got nothing. I and I've, I've ran into too many people. They got something stuck on every foot of their life. Wow. Yeah. Well, so and so hurt me over here, and this person hurt me over there, and this thing over and this, and they're just and I'm stuck. And I'm just stuck. And, and they're frozen. frozen. Yeah. Right. But what the, the writer said was is all of us like the cat, we've all picked up a piece of tape somewhere. Yeah. Something that easily besets us. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad the writer wrote what he read. He says, Okay, put it down. Yeah. Y'all need to look at Hebrews chapter 12. Let's go. 
Hebrews chapter 12. Right? I love this, right? Is this all right this morning? I mean, this is totally not even close to where I thought we'd be, but I like it. <laughs> Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, how am I doing? About 10 more minutes. Perfect. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, the writer says, and I believe this was Paul, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, the therefore is because of chapter 11, the famous heroes of faith. We probably all read chapter 11 at some point. If you haven't, I encourage you to do so. Amen. Right? Especially with our little analogy we're giving, because what is faith? Faith is our positive response. You can read that chapter that whole way by positive response. Abraham did this by positive response. Noah did this by positive response and you just walk through that whole chapter. And cause it's a whole chapter of people who imperfectly said, yes, Amen. I'll do that. I'll, I'll try. I'll go for it. Does that make sense? So if you read that chapter two, though, there's a bunch of whapped out crazy people in chapter 11. Yep. Have you? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12. Have you, ever thought, have you ever thought about, I mean, aren't you glad? God's like, God, the whole Bible is full of crazies. Yes. Have you ever thought about that? You read the whole Bible and you're like going, God, uh, you couldn't have picked better? <laughs> yeah. there, you mean... You couldn't have picked better than Abraham, who was a coward and sold his wife up the river twice. <laughs> you couldn't have done. And he's a and he's he is the family man of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he made money off of. I mean, I mean, it, off his wife. He did. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, are you with me? And you know what stumbles me up when you say that? What's that? He made us in his image. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, he. Well, he's not, we're crazy because of sin. Well, well, he made us in his image, but he's perfect. He's not, here's the challenge, Kurt, with that. You know why God made you in his image? It was the only way he could dwell with you. He could live with you, dwell with you, talk with you. I love the great theologian R.C. Sprawl said it like this. God created us in his image because you are literally an antenna of heaven. He had to make you in the same class of being mm-hmm. so that you could communicate. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do, do, it, it was so funny. I was, um, who was I? Oh, I was hunting the other day with Selah. And we were sitting in the blind. And, and I never heard this bird before or since. And I couldn't get my bird app open to figure out what it was. And, uh, but this bird started whistling. And I whistled back. And then the bird whistled back. And then Salem, I loved him. And Salem's little eyes looked, she thought I was like Jesus. I mean, she looked over and she's like, you can talk to birds. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, she's looking and I whistled back at the bird. And we did this for probably five minutes, back and forth. I'm whistling to this bird and this bird's whistling back. And she's like, my father's a God. <laughs> you know, and I'd look at her and said, I have no idea what the bird's saying. <laughs> All I can do is imitate it, but I don't understand it. Yeah. Listen to me. God made you in his image, not so that you can imitate him without understanding, but so that you can understand him clearly and live as him. Yeah. 
And we're crazy because we are crazy, not because he is crazy. You got to realize God is, I feel sorry for God. Because he's got nothing but a big box of nuts to deal with. Right? Y'all have all heard this. Aren't you glad that all God's children are special needs? Right? We all got our own version of special need, right? We all got our own thing that we can stand back with, and that's what this verse is for. Here, Because look, Paul here talks. He says, listen, we have this great cloud of witnesses, and he's talking about chapter 11. Yeah. We got this great, great cloud of crazy folk who, who did great exploits because they just said yes to God, but they themselves were cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Does that make sense? So that they had their issues. Yeah. And now he comes through and he says, so therefore, since we have this great cloud of witness, let us, everybody say us. us. Who's in that us? Me. You are. You. That first you. Is, <laughs> we can all find ourselves in the great us because you were there just like I am, right? So let us then do what? Lay aside. Lay aside. Keep going. In every way. And every sin which easily ensnares us. And then let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Mm-hmm. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, this is one of the most, I don't know if you get as encouraged as I do about these verses, because if you're at all like me and you used to struggle with your version of crazy, your piece of tape, I used to have a piece of tape stuck to my leg called sexual stuff and pornography. And I'd go down to the altar and pray and it'd be over here on this hand, right? And then next Sunday I'd go down to the altar and pray and it'd be back over here, right? And would run around and go, Pray for me. Mm-hmm. I, need I need deliverance. Apparently Paul didn't think you needed to be delivered at all. Mm-hmm. Paul just said, oh, Brad, just, uh, just put it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. the, the word lay aside, I don't have a coat on. I, I, I take this off, but I got my dirty T-shirt underneath here. But, as, but if I had a coat on, the word is like you took your coat off. And you laid it aside. It's the same phrasing Paul uses in his letters when he says, put off the old man and put on the new man. How complicated is that? How hard is that? How big of a struggle is that? Right? Do you need a counselor? Now, please hear me. Counseling's good. I'm not against counseling. Holy Spirit's our counselor. Right, but you know what a good counselor leads you to do? Take, Take that thing off. I love this. Another funny video that just to get my, my, my favorite videos, and I have to be careful when to post it so that I don't do it in spite, <laughs> is the old Bob Newhart clip called Stop It. If y'all have never seen this, just YouTube, Bob Newhart, Stop It. It's, it's awesome. But the story is this lady comes into Bob Newhart's office, he's, he's a psychologist. And she sits down, and she's going to give him her problem. And she starts, and he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, listen, it's, uh, this, this is how it works. It's, uh, it's $5, right, uh, for the first hour. And then, or whatever how he does it. And she goes, really? 
and he goes, and you, you got to pay up front. And so, but we normally don't go longer than just a few minutes. You know, and she explained, you watch it, and then he looks at her and goes, okay, I want you to write two words down. You too. I just want you to write now. If you're here today, I'm going to do this. I want you to write down two words, two words only. Don't look at me like this. Just get your things out. I'm giving you powerful stuff here. Come on. Come on. Can you write it down? Get ready. Ready? I want you. Any words. Any, just two words. I'm giving you two words. Just yeah. two words. Are you ready? Yep. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brad, you don't understand. Stop it. Yeah. But you don't know what that. Stop it. That's what Paul was saying. But I got this weight. And again, a weight can be something that's not necessarily sinful. A weight could just be something that keeps you down, keeps you from running your race. You know, there's certain things in our life, they're not sinful behaviors. They're not bad behaviors, but they're just against who you are. They're not the image. Does that make sense? Things like discouragement. Are you with me? How about like this? Things like unbelief. Unbelief is not a sin. It's not wrong to doubt. It's just a weight. It'll just keep, it'll slow you down. Yes. Are, you, are you with me? Discouragement, I don't think necessarily, I don't think discouragement is sinful. It's just a weight. It'll, it'll weigh, weigh you down. I don't think necessarily worry is sinful. I know some people preach it as that. I just don't think it's smart. Yeah. Does that make sense? But it's a weight. It'll weigh you down. Just like complaining. I don't think complaining is sinful. But it's a weight. Come on now. Now you. Thursday night you told me complaining was sinful. That's true. I did say that the other day. So. Now it's like. Well, and as I thought about what we talked about. Uh, Kurt and that kind of stuff. And I did say that as I looked back and reviewed. Again, I don't think it's sinful in the sense of like, like again, we think of other things like sexual immorality, yeah. lying, it just thievery, it did, but it is a weight. Yeah, it, it keeps you from, it slows you down. It drags you down. Now you, Huh? It's thinking throng thoughts. Well, it's not just thinking. Well, here's the thing. We said this, that, I forgot which group we were in. I love this. I learned this this week from Andrew Womack. Again, even thinking a wrong thought is not bad. Just please don't get birth to it by saying it. Yeah. I think there's some thoughts we need to abort in our mind before they see the light of day by our, by our speech. Right? We just need to grab them and kill them before they come out of our mouth. Right, but once we say them, then you've given birth to that thought. And sometimes we have to eat, crow. And sometimes we have to eat a lot of crow, don't we? Right? Does that make sense? So, and then there's sins, things that are actual sins, the things that we would know as sinful behavior. That are, but either one of them, whether it's a weight or a sin, what what did did God say do with it? Lay it aside. He didn't say, go, go rally up the prayer warriors, get a prayer chain going, right? Ask somebody to cast the spirit of X, Y, Z out of you. Come on, are you with me? He just said, oh, if you can identify something as that piece of tape and it's keeping you down, oh, just put that thing down. Lay it aside. Mm-hmm. Set, set, thank you. Set, set it aside. See, 
that's also part of hope. Coming back full circle, and we'll land the plane on this. So again, what is hope? Hope is an imagination, right? But that imagination is based on him because he has no higher image to give you and I. He can give you no higher image than himself. And the fact that he made us in that image he made us in his class. And again, y'all understand, and, and teaching on this, you understand that God made you in his kind of being. Yes. If you read through Genesis and it says, and God made this critter and it began to produce after its kind, mm-hmm. right? And in this kind of critter, you know, there's this kind of critter and this kind of critter or this kind of fruit or that kind of fruit. And it, and it, tra- and it reproduces after its kind, Right. Well, then what kind of creature are you? You're a God kind of creature. And I know that sounds very, I mean, that, that gets you kicked out of a lot of places. Right? But, but you, were, you were made by him in his class of being so that he could have relationship with you does that make sense? It, 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 it's why, and again, I'm not trying to, it, it's why we have uh, the understanding that we shouldn't have sexual relations with animals. Yeah. Why? They're not our kind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? But, but we can have relationship with other humans irregardless of their ethnicity, skin color, or cultural background. Why? Because there are our kind. Again, you know, I, I, I'm going to borrow this from, as you've heard me say from Brother Bach, and people go, well, Brad, do you believe in interracial marriage? And I say, well, of course not. Any one of my kids come home with anything other than a born-again, God-loving human being, you can't marry that. <laughs> they bring a goat home, you can't marry that. We can barbecue it, but we can't marry that. <laughs> right? Does that, does that make sense? Yes. Right? But if they come home with a human being, that's their kind. Yes. Do y'all see that? You were made in God's kind. Right? Humanity was adulterated by the deception of the devil. Our kind wasn't changed, but our connection was lost. Yes. Our potential was lost. Yes. Right? Our fullness was lost. And when Jesus came all those Christmases ago and began the process of our restoration and our salvation, what was he restoring us to? Who we were. Who we were back to our kind. That's why all throughout the scriptures, all God can do, his only voice is he can say, uh, look at me because that's who you are. He's the fullness. Right again, looking that and it's saying, looking unto Jesus, yeah. right? These, the author and the finisher of my response, the author and the finisher of the work of my life. And, and I look, why? Because I'm Him. Yeah. You're Him. Do you understand, Paul? And again, I got to land the plane. Do you understand, Paul talked about that when he said, when the rapture happens, and we talk about that great transformation. How many of y'all excited for the rapture? Anybody besides yes. me? Yes. Excited yes. for the rapture? Miss Eloise and I are excited for the rapture. I mean, 
But you know, if you're excited for the rapture, and it, we all know that it says that when he comes, we'll be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. But Paul says, but you'll be changed into him who you always were. Yes. So see, the transformation isn't into something we never would be. The transformation is actually finally everything sloughs off. Yeah, the mortal change in clothes. Everything's burnt off. Mm -hmm. All impurity gone. All weakness gone. Everything gone. All mortality. But it's kind of like, I don't know if there's an analogy, but it's kind of like if you took something and you burned it in a fire and you pulled it out and only that which was remained, which is is the things it always was. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's refined, but it's more like, again, if you put, again, I guess it's like gold. They talk about gold that way, right? If you take gold in its ore form and you put it in the fire, yes. all the impurities burn off until all you're left with is the real deal. Is the real deal. That's our transformation. Yes. We come into his presence on that day, and it's not that all of a sudden we become something we weren't. It's, it's we finally become everything we were. Yes. Santa's here. Santa's here. Yay. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Amen. So, Father, just open us up to that more and more this Christmas as we get ready to uh, celebrate why you came. This is why you came. This is why you came. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Amen. And so I just challenge all of us in this Christmas season as we're celebrating and thinking about Christmas. I want us to, this is why he came. He came for this purpose. Right? He came for the purpose of bringing us into the fullness of who we always were. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen.